Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLU, CIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Dr. Bridget Cooper, welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. And I have to thank you for participating today. I am very excited to hear more of your story as everybody else has been. Welcome to the show, Dr. B. Hey, thanks for having me. So excited to be here this morning. And people are saying, well, Dr. B, well, that's Dr. B is what Dr. Bridget Cooper likes to be referred to. So I do. Yes, you do. And that's very <laughs> nice because Bridget is a wonderful name, but Dr. B is pretty cool. Thank you. Um, uh, so again, thanks for coming on. You have a very interesting uh, life to say the least. So I, <laughs> let me, <laughs> to say the least, let as, me, as, <laughs> as my, yeah, as my grandmother used to say, be careful for wishing to have an interesting life, right? That's right. You got it. Um, let me tell the people who Dr. B is. Dr. Bridget Cooper is a cage rattler, mm. change stra- uh, strategist, thought shifter, mm-hmm. best-selling author of six books on communication, conflict, change, and empowerment. Wow. Mm-hmm. Her ambition, her ambitious mission is to change the world one hopeful life at a time. And she mm-hmm. is. Born onto the welfare system and raised by wolves, she made her own success one broken fingernail at a time. She knows heartache and hopelessness. And she also knows the power of the mind and the spirit to carry you upward. Wow. And the bottom line is Dr. B sculpts the leader in all of us by making us better people first. Mm. That, that's a lot. And I know your mission is so, so much coded in your vision and yes. passion. Mm-hmm. And everybody yeah. I speak to about you says the same thing. So let's talk a little bit. Dr. B, I want to talk to you a little bit about you being a coach and a businesswoman because you are uh, extremely successful and doing an awful lot. So first of all, tell me a little bit of how we you got started. So interesting. I don't, you know, it's like, do I start with diapers or do I move along the journey a little bit uh, more? Because I feel like every brick we lay in the path of our personal and professional development leads us to where we are. So I started my business 17 years ago, uh, just after the birth of my second child, I had had a major medical scare while I was pregnant with her and giving birth to her. 
And it really forced me to look at the choices that I'd made up to that point that had led me to that point, not to the point of the medical scare that I had no agency in that, but what I was doing personally and professionally, was this the life that I set out to create or was I simply taking the next step kind of unconsciously? And so I got real conscious about that and made a deliberate step toward being my own boss, calling my own shots, setting my own hours, being able to place my children at the center of my life, and also being able to leave a, I don't know if I thought of it as a legacy at that point, but at least an impact on the people that I came into contact with. And I felt like I had not been doing that to the extent that I was capable. So I started my business initially as a professional organizer. Um, I'd watched some organizing shows while I was on uh, maternity leave and thought, I can do that. And as soon as I started organizing in people's homes and doing business relocations and things like that, I started getting really clear that what I was doing was not just labeling shelves and purging old, you know, trinkets, but it was helping people to create a different relationship to things so that they could have a better relationship with themselves, with other people and with their higher power. And that felt worthy. And so I began coaching and doing a lot of classes and then, you know, workshops, seminars, you know, teaching for adult ed And started really getting my, uh, you know, I got training and coaching and used my HR and leadership and counseling backgrounds and and degrees to inform that practice. And, And then just over the course of the last 14 years have just expanded that into lots of areas of interest and intrigue and, uh, and service to my clients. Yeah. You've had quite a path and, uh, quite a vision and I, it sounds almost like every step you've taken, you've broadened your vision. You saw something else that could be added to, you know, your mission. I'll call it a mission. Um, and, I think it's a, it's a, it's a how I do my why. So my why has has perhaps become more clear, but my and my hows along with that have just become more diverse. So I'm still following a very similar why, which is to, of course, at the bottom line, change lives. But my why has always been guided by my history and my sense that when people are not awoken to their true potential, that they don't understand their power and their influence and their agency, that they don't live to their fullest potential as I wasn't. And I don't want that for people or for the world. Yeah, no, I do get that. I do get it. And uh, uh, Oleg uh, Konovala just wrote a book called The Vision Code. And it's uh, on a broader sense, meaning masses of people. He said exactly what you just said. Yeah. Doing it one by one, he's doing he's doing it by multitudes of, of people. But the same the same thing for vision and and a focus. So, what are the things that you've done that you kind of feel has been very helpful in creating a successful career? 
A number of things. I think, again, orienting myself and continuing to orient myself to my why, finding and only accepting projects and opportunities and clients that are nourishing that why. I mean, of course, you know, everybody's got to pay the bills. So I'm sure there have been some gigs that I've done that have not been in complete alignment, but driving toward that and staying focused there has allowed me to really create that identity and feel really satisfied and be able to give my best to the people that I serve. Second is recognizing that I may have my own business, but I must be accountable to others and lean on others and give to others. So, you know, I did my dissertation on social networks and I really appreciate that without other people that you can become enclosed and almost, you know, myopic in your view and not challenge yourself or not see and find opportunities that might be out there for you to really exercise your purpose. So I think the second piece is is really leaning on other people. And the third is, I think, an orientation toward the world of realizing that we never do it perfectly. That is just there. When I hear my clients say, but it might not be perfect. Nothing is perfect. (laughs) There's nothing perfect. And so I think recognizing that just to do the next right thing is sometimes all that you can do. And an action taken is better than an action pondered. And I, I, so I act sometimes, I, not, not ever without regard or consideration, but knowing that the risks that I take are the things that are going to teach me and help me to grow and in, in hope of benefiting others. You know, uh, two things. Network is great because if people you get to know in the network uh, are honest with you and they like you, they'll give you that feedback of, yeah. hey, it's great, Dr. B. Hey, I don't know about this one, right? And oh. the other part is 80. I, I raised my kids telling them 80% to you is perfect. You'll never get 100. It's more important you get 80% and take action than sit here and play and try to toy with it. It just gives you an excuse not to do it. You'll never have perfect. You'll never get the horizon. That's what I tell them. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great, I mean, you really have to take action. And and when you see something, go for it. And don't worry about it. You know, Dr. Maltz, uh, Maxwell Maltz wrote a book, I think 1934, Cyber Cybernetics. And it teaches us, go for it and your torpedo will get online as you go, right? Well, yeah. And you're quoting really smart people. I'm going to quote Nike. Just do it. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, what's the what's as a businesswoman, Doctor mm-hmm. B? What is, what concerns you the most about being in your own business? Consistency. I think that um, one of the things that I've noticed over time is when I've taken on because I have I have one off gigs. I have you know consistent. Uh, coaching clients. I also have taken on longer term engagements where I'm working with a leader or a group on doing change leadership or leadership assimilation or something that's you know of, of a larger scale. And as an independent business owner, what happens is you have to be looking down and you also have to be looking out and not just five feet in front of you, but 50 feet in front of you. So there's always a challenge in trying to get your pipeline filled enough 
that you have work coming when work ends, but not so much that you can't manage the workload. And as a single mom, I've been a single mom for 14 years. I, most of the time of my, of my own independent uh, company, it's always a challenge trying to juggle those things as well, making sure that I'm not taking on too much, but I'm taking on enough one to satisfy my own, you know, uh, leanings, but also to provide for my family. So, and to show my daughters how to manage those kinds of, uh, of uncertainty. So I think that's a, as an independent business owner, it's, it's really managing that pipeline and managing being in this moment and also being simultaneously in future moments planning for when this, whatever you're working on comes to a close. Yeah, no, I get that because we're always juggling in business. You're always doing it. I did a, a chapter in my book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, uh, how that's incredibly important and you have to be able to, you know, men don't multitask very much. They think they do, but my wife keeps showing me why I think I do, but I really can't do it. Okay. So yeah. uh, we can't, but you have to in business do an awful lot of things uh, almost simultaneously to keep business going. And I, I, it's a, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of focus. Um, and yeah, consistently marketing. I think one of the things that small business owners forget to do is that they have to always be marketing. Sometimes we think, oh, we're immersed in this project. We've got this this gig or this engagement, and this is keeping us busy, and we can you know hardly get our head above water. But if we aren't consistently marketing, we aren't filling the pipeline. We aren't creating a backlog of any any sort. And we can always turn down business, but we don't have business coming in, then we'll have these big gaps. It'll be more much more of a, of a shocking roller coaster experience than more of a, a coasting. That's one of the biggest reasons why small businesses fail, because I can make the wedge really good, but I don't know how to get out there and get nobody sitting in my waiting room. And you know, the that and that's hard to do, as we've just spoken about, but yeah. um, you got to learn how to delegate. And get mm-hmm. things off the table that you can't deal with, and do the two or three things you do well. What are the um, What do you think would be the key strategies, or well, I'll call them value drivers, which have helped you grow your business? And also, let me add that you coach business owners, and uh, what do you see in the value drivers that have helped your clients grow? I think focusing on what the pain points are that are out there, where they, their mission, their why, and the pain or gap or lack in others meet up is really being very clear that they can't be everything to everyone. They have to find their niche. Like you, you read my bio in the, in the, in the introduction, not a lot of people call themselves cage rattlers. I am not for everyone and no business owner is for everyone unless you're Amazon. So you have to become really clear on who you are and who you aren't. One of my uh, esteemed colleagues and, and fellow coaches, uh, Ann Hampton, Ann Shabani, she has said and said to me many years ago, you got to red rope them out. There's got to be a red rope that keeps you on your walkway and keeps the people out who aren't going to fit you. 
you know, I've been, I've had uh, been turned down for business and I've recognized, oh, because I wouldn't want them to be my client and not because they're bad companies or people, but because I am not aligned with them in my philosophy, in my approach, in my, you know, character, like I, we are just not a match. And a lot of businesses get, they're just, just throwing the net, throwing the net, just trying to grab whatever they can. And that doesn't allow them to really zero in on who their optimal avatar client is and who they are and how they can bring that best to which market, which group, which individuals. So that to me is, is core. It's very core. And I, I, I'm amazed that when I talk to business people, that they, many don't get that. And I, I always say, um, it, it's like uh, Clint Eastwood said, a man's got to know his limitations. Well, mm-hmm. in business, that's true. And sometimes you might realize by not taking a client was the best thing that ever happened because they eat your time, don't appreciate it, and they don't match up with who you are and your why. And you're absolutely right. And I go deep. I always tell people as I coach them, go deep and narrow and stay Mm -hmm. there, you know, so, and it works. I hear it over and over, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we, we think is we've got a great product or I have a great service. Everybody wants this. I mean, maybe, but most of the time, everybody wants that in a certain way. And whether or not you're going to provide it in the way that they want it is whether or not they're a fit. You know, we talk in staffing circles, a fit factor. You have to know your fit factor. And I have gotten most of my business through word of mouth. Probably 90, 95% of my business has come from referrals, has come from someone saying, you've got to work with her or seeing me in action and saying that I need that in my life. And if I'm not being true to my message, then I'm not going to get the right clients to continue to multiply that way. I'm going to get more and more people who are not my clients, or I'm not going to get great clients at all because I'm not going to do the best job I'm capable of with the wrong clients. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, interesting because I'm reading Dr. Nancy Jonker, who you know, uh, he, she wrote a book called The Business Partnership, and she has a great phrase. She says, you know, you as a business owner, you want all that, but what you really want is a magic wand so you don't have to work through everything you need to do. <laughs> and if you don't tell them up front, you're, you're really not really doing the right job. And that that was her focus on being the right ideal client. I can't give you a well. I don't sell magic wands, right? So, oh, if I did, boy, oh, I would be wow. quite oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, I'm going to move on. You've written a lot of books. And uh, didn't you do TED Talk? I did do a TED Talk. Yeah, TEDx Talk in uh, Newport back in March of 2018. See, there's a lot we don't know of you. So uh, (laughs) we're going to learn more, though. Um, But listen, uh, one of the things, I have a couple of things to talk about. And I do want to come back to the workshop you did a couple of weeks ago where you got a lot people on so remind me as i go through this because i do want to talk about that as we spoke earlier before the show started the air maybe we should do a zoom and do it again with a bigger network but anyways yeah. it was really good. yeah mm-hmm. so so let me ask you this um your best book is what on on audio audio book is pain rebel that's a new book right 
Correct. Yeah. It came out last uh, June, June of 2020. And I just released it on audiobook this year. Uh, I It's the only of my books that is out on audiobook uh, to the dismay of many of my readers. <laughs> so I'm going to get cracking on <laughs> to recording some more. So Pain Rebel, yes. audiobook, Amazon, right? Yep, you can get the yeah, you can go through Audible if you want the uh down the do the download of the audiobook, but you can also go through Amazon to get there as well if you want a hard copy or the audiobook. I would suggest to the audience that anybody anytime you see Dr. B. Cooper on the uh cover, read the book. <laughs> All right. So okay, so yeah. how did you come to be called call yourself the cage rattler? You know, I was working with a uh, entrepreneurs group and one the leader of that uh, group had she and I had been talking about what do I call myself because when I started coaching, you know, 16 17 years ago, there weren't a lot of coaches out there. I mean, to the extent that they are now. Now you you can't throw a, a rock and not hit a coach now. And I, so I didn't want to call myself a coach because I felt like I'd be lost in the noise and I consultant. Yeah, I am. And for some, that neutral word seems to, to fit things. Uh, keynote speaker. Sure. I do that as well, but I had to come down to what is it that I actually am doing? Like, how am I, what's, what embodies not only what I do, but how I do it. And I was driving one day, which is when most of my brilliance occurs to me. Most some people, it's the shower for me. It's driving, uh, so you know I need a, a recorder constantly on for me to <laughs> spit out some things on that on that drive. But I thought to myself, I'm a cage rattler. I rattle the cages that people are locked in. They think they can't get out, but they're holding the key. And if I can just show them where they've hidden the key, they can get out of that cage and they can move on with their lives. But so many of us are trapped in a cage of our own making. You know, I I think back on the song and maybe that's what spurred it. I don't recall, but listening to Hotel California and the words to that speak to that of, you know, you, you had the key the entire time. Yeah, we always have the key to our own freedom, our own amazing journey if we could only get someone to rattle our cage to wake us up to that that opportunity yeah that's a great phrase because so many so many things that we get stuck on life really are come down to the choices you're going to make mm-hmm. and put you know uh, Susan Jeffers wrote feel the fear and do it anyways kind of thing yep and you know yeah okay I got this problem but I'm going to move on and you know what the coal might be hot for a second, but I'm going to move it on one step at a time. And and you know what? You're very right, Doctor B. Someone's got to. Sometimes we don't have the personality to to uh, go forward. So you need someone to shake shake you and say one one step at a time. Yeah, and, and you need someone to shake you, but you also need someone. And you can appreciate this from the book that you wrote and the work that you do. You need someone with you who's going to lay out the steps and the frameworks to get you out. 
because everybody's been trying to get out of their cage at some level. Like people don't enjoy, some people are, are so used to being in the cage, like the frog in the water. When the, the temperature gets slowly turned up, they don't recognize that they don't jump out. But most people want to get out and they've tried, they just don't know how. So they need someone to wake them up to the cage analogy. And then they also need someone who's going to give them the steps and the frameworks to move them along their journey so they don't end up back in that cage. Yeah, sometimes uh, it's, uh, there was a, a study done when you asked someone to do something and then that's one way of doing it. Then the next time, next example was you ask them to do something and you tell them why. And they had more of a participation in the why because they understood. Yeah. Uh, you know, it kind of parallels what you're saying. You know, mm -hmm. you need to do this and here's why. People just think I have to do and, and they don't get that why that mm -hmm. you know, that's the key thing. And I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people need that help they know it and some people don't have that attitude about needing help <laughs> um, so i'm sure you scare a lot of people away with that term but the truth i do yeah yeah they're not my people and and it's not and no disparaging remark about that i i can't help them if they aren't willing to, to receive my help in the way that i offer it there are plenty of people out there who can offer them help in a different way and I want them to go there. I mean, when I first started my business, I, I turn away clients because I know I'm not the right fit and I want them to be successful. I need them to be part of the, you know, the army of ambassadors of growth and opportunity. And they can't be that if they're working with the wrong person. And let's talk about um, the kinds of things that you do for your clients that, you know, help them become better leaders. Can you bring us down kind of a scenario and take your time, uh, how yeah. the procedure starts and what you do in the length of time and that whole deal? It so varies. I wish I could give you one perfect example of what, what applies, but, you know, I engage my clients on a bunch of different uh, things, you know, whether it's, you know, giving keynotes for a, a conference that a client is doing and they need someone to rattle the cages, get people excited, leave them with really applicable, useful, implementable tools to make their lives and their work different. Uh, you know, doing workshops uh, on that, doing deeper dives to, again, give people really practical tips and tools that they can implement right away in their work and personal lives. And when, when we're talking about doing the longer term engagements, it's helping leaders see things differently. You know, I call myself a thought shifter and a change strategist is because I'm helping people to see the map to get from here to there. And a lot of leaders, the higher you get in an organization, or if you're you know, working a, a small business, you get isolated from the advice of others. So you're, you're seen as having to have all the answers, but you don't have anyone to talk to about the struggles that you're going through. So when I'm working with a leader, I'm being that sounding board. I'm being that point of reflection and interpretation and guidance and helping them to really be able to tell me the things that they don't have anybody else to tell. 
and helping them reshape the way that they're looking at their business, at their challenges, at the possible solutions so they can find them. And, you know, working with them, if I'm working in a coaching relationship, I'm starting helping to helping myself to understand where's their pain point, where are they and where do they see themselves, and then discussing how we build the bridge from here to there. And then I work with them by walking them across that bridge. And every time they start to take a step back, moving them closer and closer, and finally to that space that they see themselves occupying. You know, you, you bring up a good point. Um, I, and in, in, in another situation, I have a lot of clients that over the years, the business owners now, that's my ideal person. And, yep. and when we talk about, hey, when are you going to retire? Uh, they, they really don't want to talk about it. And I find that they haven't defined it. But here's the real problem, the bottom line. The bottom line is they don't want to talk to their wives about it and bother them because the wives have an opinion very contrary to what they're thinking they can't talk to their competitors because they have to tell the competitors stuff they don't want to tell them mm. and they really haven't formulated their thinking because they've been doing it alone and they haven't you know there's no there's no bridge rails or rails on the bridge yeah. to, you know and i see that on a very uh myopic basis obviously compared to the way you have these discussions so when you talk to these people dr b let's take a procedure Someone yeah. contacts you and says, I, I need to talk to you. I know a little bit about you, but let's, where do, what's the procedure? Do you, you have a, a, an hour meeting with them or a half hour meeting? What goes on? Yeah. So I usually offer um, a free 15 minute conversation and 15 usually turns to 30, to be honest, but it's, it's a little less pressure to think you're going to talk to me for 15 minutes and we'll see where it goes. But we talk about where they are and where they see themselves. And I talk about my approach and how I see the world. They, if they've usually done their homework, so they've seen or read something uh, that I've that I've put out there, so they kind of know who they're working, you know, who they're thinking about working with, and. If it's a fit, if they feel like, and I feel like, wow, we could do some good work together. This is a, a problem I could help you tackle. These are some things and some insights that I think I could help you reach. Then we set up a time to talk again and we start working together. You know, I don't, I don't usually do longer term contracts because as I, uh, was told by a fitness trainer that I once had, I can't care more about your fat rear than you do. Yeah. So I don't want my client coming to me and calling, you know, we have having us having a call if they aren't invested. So I have, you know, very short blocks of time that I have clients commit to because I want their commitment re-upped all the time. You know, we talk, I talk with people even about in their marriages they think, oh, I'm married. I, you know, that's just, I'm just married. No, you make a decision to continue to be married and to invest in your relationship every single day you wake up. And I want my clients to make that same commitment to themselves through their work with me on a frequent basis. So I, I usually don't sign clients up for more than a handful of visits at a time because I want their renewed commitment each time. I am taking that concept to my practice as an example to show you why you're on target. Mm. Business owners tell me they don't have time or money to do the planning that I want them to do. 
mm. which they both have, have both really. They just don't want to do it. But I, uh, but I offer them two hours a month of time and bite-sized pieces I found with business owners. Cause again, they're doing so many things, as you know, um, they're afraid of taking a lot of time out of their day because they want to work, uh, in their business, not necessarily on it. And it's the same thing with anybody. You, when you're working on a problem, you have to own the problem. And if you're not going to be consistent, uh, where I could see where you're going with that, because if there, you don't see the consistency over a, 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 a period of time, you got to get out of there because it's not working. Right. Exactly. For sure. Um. So you you do you start working with them? Is there do you normally have a, a period of time on average that you work with a client, or is it ongoing? You know, it really depends on the client. You know, I have worked with some folks for a few months. They had a an immediate issue. We we created enough thought shifts and new practices that they were good to go, and I set them off. Other clients six months, some clients a year, some clients have me on, you know, on retainer for years. They have me as their person. I'm their go-to person. You know, I'm not talking with them usually every week anymore, but they are always reaching out to me knowing that they can trust me to help them see and shape a response or an interpretation or an approach in a way that serves them. And how do you get to the point where you, not them, feel uh, there's measurement of success? When they're coming to me and seeing things differently than they used to see them, when they are stopping themselves and pausing before they react and considering their response to something more thoughtfully and in a more empowered, intentional way. When they are measuring their, they're, they're answering their own question before they ask it. You know, they're reaching out to me for support or advice, but they're, when I ask them, well, what do you think? And then they give themselves the answer and I say, yep, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's where yeah, we need to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I can almost see them. Gee, I want to ask you this, but I think I know the question and that, you know, but they know it, you know, instinctively, they're just not confident in their ability to come up with it, but they know it. Right. Right. Um, so do me a favor. I put you on the spot, I think, but let's say yeah. Dr. B, I come to you. I'm a business owner. Uh, let's take a What is a typical issue that someone would come to you about that you see quite a bit of? I see a number of things. I often see folks who are having interpersonal challenges with people that they work with, having someone, a a tough boss or a, a frustrating client or a colleague or a supplier or something that is that is frustrating them. Or I see people who are just not excited about what it is that they're doing. Something is off. They don't know what it is. They're not in. in they're not invested. They're not motivated. They're not um, feeling the inspiration that they either once felt or thought they'd feel um, in that. And having just a struggle in trying to figure out what is holding them back. Well, yeah. So they they know it. They know they need help. It's just a matter of whether they're going to reach out or not. 
to get the help. Correct. Um, What inspired you to write Pain Rebel? (laughs) So what inspires me to write all of my books is seeing people suffering and wanting to give them reliable, proven tips, frameworks, and processes to get them out of that suffering. You know, Pain Rebel is, you know, based in my sense and my experience and my witness to the fact that people are having a relationship with pain that is broken. They, we are either thinking that suffering is a natural part of life and we get stuck in this suffering mindset, or that pain is something that we must avoid at all costs. If we feel it or if we experience it, we have to numb it, run from it, shut it out, shove it down. And what that ends up doing is having people living lives that are less than the life they were meant for. And, you know, my own upbringing and, you know, kind of tales and, and, and trails that I've, I've blazed in this life have shown me that when people are not having a, a responsible and, um, and, good relationship to pain, they're causing themselves and other people more pain and harm than is necessary. And I want to alleviate that. You, um, you're an icon and I'll tell you why. There's so many people out there that if they had to go through the life you went through as a younger person would have just talked themselves in being a victim because it's so much easier to be a victim it's cozy it's all Mm. that there's no work to getting out of being a victim but you did the opposite and you've made a career you're helping so many people through the through the pain that you went through so Mm. uh i i salute you uh i think it's fantastic and um uh, i think it's it's created a purpose. And I think a lot of people are motivated by where they've come from to go where they are. And it's really, uh, I think, you know, you can either get submerged by the things that have been trying to drown you, or you can learn to swim and float. And I, I think that's for me, you know, I've, I've volunteered in, in jails and prisons, and I've you know done a lot of work with the people who look like the people who harmed me. And I've said to them, if I can change just one of your lives, all of my pain will have been worth it. Because with every life changed, there is a domino and butterfly effect to that. And I can somehow right those wrongs by leaving other people in a better situation than I found myself or that was handed to me by the people who were injured themselves because they were right. We, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking of a phrase I put in my book uh, at the end of the book where I tell people you have two paths to make to go. You can go to the left and just everything's cozy. The right is harder, but mm. but it gives you a vision and it's towards the horizon, right? Uh, all the all the good things that we should have in life. And so I, I really, um, to sum this up, I just want to tell everybody, um, 
we can find i'm gonna uh, dr b i'm gonna put all your contact information in the show notes so Thank we'll you. have it but for yeah. those people that are listening you mm-hmm. could go to www.drbridgetcooper.com yeah, absolutely. Or check me out on Amazon and uh, just amazon.com. Look up Bridget Cooper, Dr. Bridget Cooper, and find me there. I would love to hear from your listeners. And for anyone who's listening who wants to download Pain Rebel while they're still available, I do have a handful of free downloads for the Audible version if they'd like to get their hands on that and look into any of my other books like Little Landslides or Stuck You. I'd love you to check those out and help make your life better. And I would think people should want to connect with you that have an interest on LinkedIn because you were always posting events that you like to have. And that would be an easy. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yep. LinkedIn, Facebook. Yep. Instagram. I I try to be uh, relevant uh, in the, all those social media (laughs) places. Well, Dr. B again, thank you for taking all this time and sharing with us so many good things. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the time. You're welcome. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, If you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.